Well, good evening. Good evening, good evening. Nice to see you here. We're going to jump right in and start right on time because we have a lot to uh, walk through and cover this evening. So take a little green book. If you have it there, turn to page number 32. If you have a little green book, if you don't have a green book, then there's some here on the front if you haven't been with us. And our more team members can get that to you real quickly if you'd like that. I want to jump in and um, just share something here in these first few minutes that, um, as I said last night, I believe no matter where you're at, if you're, if you're a Christian, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I, I want to share with you in the next few moments what I believe to be the most important truth for living in intimacy with God the rest of your life. And, and I want to talk to you for a few minutes about prayer. And, you know, I, I think sometimes when you hear people talk about prayer, I, I grew up in the church with th three Bible colleges, and uh, whenever I heard someone talk about prayer, all I did was get guilty because they would talk about all these great heroes of the faith and, you know, this guy prayed for two hours a day and, you know, they said, I heard someone say that Martin Luther prayed for six hours a day. I don't think that's true. I don't think you can sin enough to confess for six hours a day. But anyway, that's, that's the story. And here's what I found about some of these guys. The longer they're dead, the greater their prayer life becomes. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I don't want to compare you to anybody. I want to give you two things. I want to give you a motivation and a method I believe if you'll put into practice can be life-changing for you. So let's bow our heads and ask the Lord to meet with us here tonight. Father, thank you for these folks and for their attentiveness and on-time promptness. I pray you just um, renew some things in our hearts and uh, give us wisdom and understanding. We'll give you praise. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So I'm, I'm going to talk to you about prayer on, on two levels. And, and first of all, just a, a quick primer on prayer. You know this. So I'm going to go through this real quickly. This is all written down there in that book for you. Uh, but, but why should we pray? Because God says to. That, that would be enough. If that was all it was. Luke 18, 1, men ought always to pray and not faint. That would be enough. But there, there's so many other reasons why we need to pray. We need to pray because Satan is alive, because God says to do it, because it's important to Jesus. It accomplishes things. And we could start over here and go all the way across. And if each of you stand and share what has been accomplished in your life through prayer. And, and though we know that, yet for some reason, we just have not made prayer a real priority in our life. So, so just to back up a moment and talk about prayer, what is prayer? I think some of us think prayer is asking God for things. That's, we, we pray like cheerleaders. Give me, Lord, give me, Lord, give me, give me, give me. Yeah? And that becomes our, our prayer life. And prayer is not just going and asking God for things. D.L. Moody was in a service years ago, and, and it was a children's service, and there was a little nine-year-old boy. He, he asked the kids, he said, what is prayer? A little nine-year-old boy raised his hand, and D.L. Moody was a great big preacher, and he, he called on this little boy and said, son, what is prayer? This old boy stood up. He said, prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to his will with confessions of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. Yeah, he was impressed. That's impressive. But most of us, we think of prayer as just, you know, God, you know, give me this and provide this. Prayer is communion with God. Prayer is a sense of God's presence in our life. It's, it's the way we turn our soul to God. It's, it's loving God. It's knowing God. And certainly it does involve asking. That's certainly a part of it. But for some of us, all our prayer is, is giving God a to-do list. Now, let me just say that, that we need to start probably for most of us and acknowledge the lack of prayer and understand that the fact that prayerlessness is sin. You know, there are two kinds of sin. Sins of commission, things we commit. Sins of omission, things that we don't do that God tells us to do. 
And so prayer is a sin of, when we don't pray, it's a sin of omission because God says to pray. And when we don't do that, we're disobeying him. And sin can only be dealt with by confession, repentance, cleansing, and turning. So let's bow our head and close our eyes for a moment. And I want you to go to God right now and talk to him about your personal prayer life. If it's growing, if it's vibrant, thank him for that. Thank him that you've already today spent time talking with him. Thank you for the relationship you have that's ongoing with him. But if you don't have a prayer life and, and you're, you, you claim to be a Christian, you need to repent and just say, God, I, I confess to you, I've, I've not prioritized prayer. I've not talked with you today. I've not set aside time in my day to prioritize you. And God, that's wrong, and I confess that. And God, if you'll give me a plan, some help, I want that to become a pattern in my life. So right now, you talk to God about your personal prayer life right now. So Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. And please just renew in our hearts, not only a desire, but a plan that we could spend time daily with you. I pray in the name of Jesus, amen. Now, before I go forward, let me take one more step backwards and say this. A person who does not at all ever pray, that person needs to be saved. If you do not, uh, at, listen, no, you don't have to go to some seminar. If, if, someone, if someone comes in and rescues you out of a burning building, saves your life, you don't have to go to a seminar to learn. I should thank the person who saved my life, right? And that's pretty natural to do that. And if you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, if God has redeemed you, no one has to tell you, you should talk to the person who has saved your life. You should talk to your Savior. And if you do not at all ever pray, period, I'm going to say, you don't know Jesus. I was in a meeting some time ago, and a man came to me um, a few days after this night, and he said, Steve, I sat there in the service, and I realized, I, my wife has said, will you pray about this? I've said, yes. I don't pray about anything. And I sat there in that service and realized for the first time, I do not have a relationship with Christ. I'm not a Christian. I go through the motions. I talk about it. But I do not, if, if you do not have intimate moments with your Savior, then I'm going to say, you don't know the Savior, the, the Savior that I know in Scripture. Okay, so that may be you. But for most of us, let's look at what can we do now. Why don't we pray? What, what are the reasons? I, I think we, we pray because we say, well, I tried prayer. It just doesn't work. Here's some reasons we don't get our prayers answered. One, James says, you have not. Why? Because you ask not, right? Okay, so, so one obvious reason is if you're not praying, then you, you don't get your prayers answered. He goes on to say in James 1, and when you do ask, you ask amiss to consume it upon your own lust. The second reason is, is, is we pray selfishly. I, I never realized the difference between what I needed and what I wanted until I started going to the mall, you know? I, I never realized all this stuff, you know, you, you walk through the mall, I never knew I needed a microwave until I got one. How, how do we live without microwaves? You know, they used to have life before microwaves. Anyway, and, and so all these things that we have now, we don't really need those things. We just want those things. And the Bible says, my God shall supply all your what? Your need, not all your greed, all your need. We were uh, walking through the mall some years ago. We just had three little boys, and, and uh, we walked past a toy store. 
Now, when you have three small children, you don't walk past toy stores. You go into toy stores. So we went in this toy store, and, and uh, Stephen was running around, and I was had Jeremiah, and Debbie had Josh, and, and the Stephen came and got me. He said, Daddy, I found something I need. I said, oh, great. He was about five. He pulled me over and said, Daddy, I need this fire truck. I looked at it. It was a neat fire truck. It had ladders and men, and I looked at the price tag, $21. I said, Stephen, you do not need this fire truck. You may want it, but you don't need this. You've got other toys. So we left that store. That night we were praying, as was the custom, and I said to Stephen that night, how can I pray for you? He said, Daddy, pray for me to get that fire truck. I need that fire truck. I said, Stephen, you don't need the fire truck. You just want the fire truck. Do you understand that? He didn't. I said, well, let me explain it like this. Daddy wants a sports car, but Daddy doesn't need a sports car. We have the truck that pulls our trailer. Mommy wants a house, but Mommy doesn't need a house. We have the trailer. Bad analogy, but that's okay. And, 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 and you want a fire truck, but you don't need a fire truck. Do you understand that? He said yes. And then he prayed. Dear God, would you please give Daddy a sports car, Mommy a house, and me a fire truck? I said, God, you give me the sports car, I'll buy him the fire truck. No problem, I, I can handle that. No, no. But, but we don't realize the difference. God will meet all of your need. And we pray selfishly, and it doesn't happen. And then we say, God, why'd you let me down? And, and then we give up on prayer. I, I think also we don't get our prayers answered because we pray for show. Many times we pray being more concerned about what people are hearing than about the person we're talking to. I've learned more about prayer from my kids than probably another source we were praying one night, and uh, Stephen was probably in late grade school, and you know, sometimes, every, every night, I'd go in, before I went to bed, lay on the floor, and, 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 we'd, and we'd, we'd pray before I went to bed. And, and so Stephen, this night, he just really got into it. Sometimes they didn't, but this night he did. He was praying for revival in America, praying for the church we're in. He prayed for the pastor. He prayed for our finances. I mean, it's just like incredible, nine years old. And he got through. I said, Stephen, that was a great prayer. Thank you for being so burdened and fervent. Then it was my second son's turn, Jeremiah, to pray. So he prayed. And he prayed and 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 prayed. And finally, he said amen. And without taking a breath, he said, Daddy, was that a good prayer? And who is he trying to impress? He heard me compliment his big brother, so he thought, I'll pray up a storm, and Dad will compliment me too. That's so childish, is it? How many times have we prayed more concerned about what people were hearing than what God was hearing? I was in a meeting some time ago with our leadership team, and we're, there's about eight of us that are the kind of the elders of life action. And we, were, and we were praying around a circle, and I was about second to last in the circle. It got about one person away from me, and I started thinking, okay, it's going to be my turn. I can say this. Nobody said that yet. And I heard someone say that one time. I was like, I'll say that. It was like God's Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder. I said, I'm getting ready to pray. I can say this. I can say this. And it was like he said, Steve, you might as well have him pray. So why not? He said, you're not preparing your heart to talk to me. You're thinking about what you can say to impress your peers with the fact that you can pray. I said, you're right. When it comes to my turn, I'll just say, I agree with these men, amen. Because I realized I wasn't preparing my heart to talk to God. And, and sometimes we are more worried about our words that people are gonna hear than about the person we're talking to. So some men say, I can't pray out loud. I'm, I'm a private person, can't pray out loud. Listen, the reason you can't pray out loud is either because you're lost or you're extremely proud. And we're afraid that we're gonna say something foolish or sound foolish, you're not talking to people anyway. But your family needs to hear you pray. They learn what's on your heart. They, they learn how to pray. They need to hear you verbalize out loud your prayer to God and not worry about what they're thinking, but you're talking to your Savior. 
And, and we pray for show, and I'm more concerned about what people think, so we don't even pray sometimes. Another reason we don't get our prayers answered is because we give up too soon. I mentioned last night there are three answers to prayer. Yes, no, and wait. And, and, and do you realize that every prayer you've ever prayed has been answered? This, this, this helped me so much just as, as we were talking last night about praying for our children and so forth. And, and uh, here, here's Jesus in the garden. And he's getting ready to go through the most um, difficult scenario in, in, in existence of history of the universe. He's going to become our sin. And so Jesus, the son of God, says to his father, if there's some way that this cup, the cup of sin, that, that all of the sin of the world was put in that one cup, if, that, if we could do this another way, if this cup could pass, God the Son talking to God the Father, in, in my flesh, I, I, would, I would rather we find another way to do that. that. That would be my desire. But he said this, but not my will, but thine be done. So God the Son asks something of God the Father, and God the Father says to God the Son, no. Now, was that an unanswered prayer? No. The answer was no. It was still answered. And every prayer you've ever prayed has been answered. It just may not be the answer you want. And so what we do is we give up too soon. Yes, no, and wait. Sometimes the answer is no, and sometimes the answer is just keep on praying, as we talked about with George Mueller last night. I, I, again, I learned, I've learned so much from my kids. We were, uh, we were in a... Uh, in, in between meetings, normally Sunday to Sunday, like we were in Pennsylvania before we came here, we have a week in between, and so we have a few days to kind of be normal for a while. And so we went and parked our trailer at some people's house. And uh, we ended one Sunday, and we're starting someplace next Sunday. And, and, the, and these, these, they live on our farm, and they had a go-kart. And uh, we had, I had three young boys at the time, and th these guys lived on this go-kart. I mean, they, 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 morning till night, they'd come in just shaking from driving that go-kart all day. So that night, we were praying, and Stephen was probably 12 or so, and, um, and, I, and I said, Stephen, how can I pray for you tonight? He said, he said Daddy, pray for me to get a go-kart. I need a go-kart. I said, I said Stephen, you, you, don't, you don't need a go-kart. I don't mind if you pray for it, but, but God may not want you to have one. So he, actually, he was um, more like uh, eight or nine. Anyway, and, and so I said, you can pray for it, but just realize God may not want that. So he prayed that night. Dear God, I don't need a go-kart. But if it be your will, would you please give me a go-kart? And, and so that was fine. So that went on for the next night and for a week and for two weeks and for a month and two months. Every night he had three requests, good dreams, good rest, and a go-kart. Six months, every night for six months, this nine-year-old boy or so has been praying, God, please give me a go-kart. Okay, Stephen, good dreams, good rest, go-kart. Okay, Jeremiah, how can I pray for you? He was like a year and a half un uh, younger than Stephen. He's, he's Daddy, pray for me to get a go-kart. I said, that's Stephen's prayer. He's, I want one too. Okay, okay. So now they're both praying. Dear God, we don't need a go-kart, but if it be your will, would you please give us a go-kart? This goes on for a year. It's not an exaggeration. Every night. Okay, Stephen. Okay, all right, Jeremiah. Okay, Josh. Josh was five. How, how can I pray for you? He said, Daddy, pray for me to get a go-kart. I, I said, Josh, you can't even reach the pedals. I can scoot way down. I can do it too. Okay, okay. So now they're all three praying this. Every night. God, if it be your will, would you please give us a go-kart? This goes on for 18 months. Not exaggeration. And after 18 months, I kind of got mad at God. I just, God, why don't you give him the dumb go-kart? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I didn't say that, but, he, you know, and, and I, was, I was actually kind of complaining, and I said, God, why can't they pray for something a little more eternal than a go-kart? And God reached into my heart. You know, you know what he said to me? He said, Steve, what have you prayed for every day for the last 18 months? 
And I couldn't even honestly say I'd prayed for my own family every day. He said, I bring you into contact with hurting churches, hurting families, and what have you so been concerned about to bombard heaven every day for 18 months? And, and I learned something about the value of perseverance. I, I took out the New Testament that I, I carry, and I, I wrote down 10 things I was gonna pray for until they changed. I, I'm still praying for some things until, because they haven't changed yet. And, and again, we, we give up too soon because we say, here's my time frame, God, if you don't do it in this time. And, and so, that, so we're, this was about November of the year. And uh, so I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll buy him one. I, I was working through this. Maybe I'll, I'll buy him one. So look at the go-karts. I didn't have money to buy him a new go-kart. So I thought, maybe I can find a used go-kart. Couldn't find one. So we were um, in the outside of Detroit, and, and uh, there's a family who came, a friend of one of our team members, and he worked with mechanical things. And so I just met him. And I said, is there, is there a place around here you can buy used go-karts? He said, not, not that I know. Why? I said, my kids are praying for one, and I just been wondering if I can find a used one. He said, I don't think I know, but that's fine. So Christmas came and went. They kept praying. Two years go by. They keep praying. Two and a half years, not an exaggeration, for two and a half years, every night, from the time Stephen was nine years old till ten and a half, he had, at eleven and a half, he had prayed and said, God, if it be your will, please give me a go-kart. I'm someplace in America. I don't know where it was. And, and I, I get a phone call, and it's this guy. And, and he said, this is so-and-so. Do you remember me? And I said, help me. He said, well, I'm friends with so-and-so. I said, I said vaguely. He said, well, you talk, we talked a year ago for 30 seconds, and you asked me if I've ever seen a used go-kart. I said, I vaguely remember that. He said, well, I was driving down the road one day, this today, and I saw this sign in front of a house that said, used go-kart for sale. And God brought to my mind that conversation we had had a year ago for 30 seconds. And I wondered, did your kids have a go-kart yet? I said, actually, they're still praying. And, and he said, well, I just want you to know that if they hadn't got then I'm, I'm gonna get it. We drove back to Michigan that December. He drove down from Detroit about three hours from our camp and delivered that go-kart on the front doorstep of our house. You know what that said to my sons? It said, God is alive. He even hears the prayers of three little boys about something as insignificant as a go-kart. When Stephen went off to college, his first paper that he wrote in college in creative writing class was called The Go-Kart. And he shared what God had taught him about perseverance in prayer. We give up too soon, and if it doesn't happen in our timing, we throw in the towel. I think we don't, we don't qualify. Another reason. James says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So, so we need to clear the slate and deal with, with sin. We'll talk about that later. And then we don't expect to get our prayers answered. The Bible says, according to your faith, so be it. Something happens, and we're shocked. If you're shocked when prayer gets answered, it wasn't your prayer that got answered, right? So we need to pray in faith believing. Now, those are some reasons. Let's talk about the positive. In this little book, and I'm going to give you a, a, a bookmark to go along this with, with this, I want to challenge you to try something. For, just for the next five days. I'm not asking for a lifetime. I'm just asking you to try it for the next five days. Time is a unique and wonderful thing that everyone has in equal amounts. Everybody has a different amount of money, different amount of time, I mean, different amount of, of, of gifts and abilities, but we all have the same amount 24 hours in a day. What would happen to you if you gave God one of those 24 hours? That's one 24th of your day. What if you said, God, I'm going I'm to prioritize my life and every day give you and spend one hour with you. That's like, in, in a year's time, that'd be like 45 eight-hour days. That's why I say this is the most important truth of these entire days. 
And I want to challenge you to try something tomorrow to get up and give God the first moments of your day. When I got serious with God about 35 years ago, I made this commitment and it has kept me. I, I give God the first moments of my day. It, it has kept me through good times, bad times. And I want to challenge you to try it. And you say, Steve, I'm feeling guilty again. You're, I can't spend an hour. I would hear people talk about this. I'd say, I can pray for every person I know, every missionary I know. Look at my watch and two minutes is gone. How, how do you do that? So let me give you 12 things to do. Here's what you're doing. It's all written down for you there in this little book. You start in a time of confession. Search me, O oh God. Try me, know me, David said in Psalm 139. See if there be a wicked way in me. So take a few moments and ask God to search your heart, to show you anything that he wants to tell you about your life you need to take care of, that you need to confess. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And then time of praise. And into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. So take a few moments. I'm, I'm in your book, there's a, a few, a list of the qualities of God, some of the ways of God, the attributes of God. So talk to him about God, praise him for his power, and write out some things about who God is and praise him for a, few, for a few moments, three to five minutes, each one of these. Number three is a time of waiting. This will be hard for some of us. It's just being quiet. We, we don't like to be quiet. We don't like to stop. We, we, we live in such a fast-paced society that just to stop, be still, and know that I am God. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll man up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weird. They'll walk and not be faint. We don't wait. We don't get quiet. We've always got to be, you know, it's like, I got 30 seconds, God, what do you want? And we're gone. Just be quiet in his presence. Andrew Murray uh, read an article he wrote uh, years ago. The, the title was Wasting Time with God. And his point was we need to get in God's presence and, and, and just be there without an agenda, without having to, you know, check off something, but, but just to be quiet for a little bit. And then number four is a time in the word. Now, you need to write these four words down. I don't think they're in your, in your book. Read, reveal, respond, record. You say, Steve, wait a minute. I thought this was prayer time. It's communication time. Right, right now, we're not really communicating. I'm lecturing you. God doesn't want to be lectured. He wants communication. So, so we speak to him in prayer. He speaks to us through his word. So, so this is a time, not, not for a Bible study. I'm just talking about four, three to five minutes. So what you do is you read a passage. Maybe you're already reading through something right now. If you're not doing something right now, I'd encourage you to start with the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters. Take the day of the month and read the proverb of the day. I, I love Proverbs. It's my favorite book in the Bible. Every sentence is a sermon. So, so read a passage and then reveal what is God revealing through what I just, just read. Go to the ant thou slugger. Observe her ways. What, is, what does that verse say to me? How should I respond to what I just read, to God, what God revealed in that verse? Well, I need to be more uh, prone to, to work. I need to get this fixed or, or whatever God is saying. And then record, write down something that God showed you in his word. I, I've been doing this for years. And, and uh, I'll tell you, you, you can leverage technology. I, I, I can't spell and I can't type. I, I have this phone. You know, I speak into this phone and words appear on the screen. It's amazing. And, and most of you have one of these where, where you know, you can talk and this, this person named Siri, she, she hears and, and it shows up, right? And so I can actually write things. I don't have to type. I don't have to spell. Um, and, it, 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 and, and what I've started doing is just recording a thought of the day of, of a passage I'm reading through. And then I send it to uh, my team members and to my, my family and, and some friends. And, and you can do that. You can leverage technology in a positive way. My mom was a journaler. 
she wrote, every, she has volumes of journals. And, and uh, I, I can't do that. I just, to, to write, I just, it's not me. But I, I can record things. And you can do it. So who's it for? It's for you. There's something about putting things down and writing things or saying things and seeing them in print that seals it in your heart a little bit. So this is just three to five minutes. Read a passage. Write down a thought from what God shows you from that passage. And then uh, number uh, five is a time of intercession supplication. Intercession is praying for others. Supplication, urgent praying for others. There, there's some people I pray for every day. Pray for all my kids, my grandkids, and, and daughter-in-laws. And there's others that I pray for as God, as God prompts my heart. God brings them to mind. And make a list of those people you're praying for. Now, number six is a time of petitioning God for your own personal needs. Now, now, some of us, this is all we do is number six. You should do it. You need to go to God and, and write down those answers to prayer so you can record the history, as we talked about last night, your history with God. We sit down every January 1st, and uh, we make a list of the things we want to pray for that year. In the center of my Bible, I have a, a list of all the things we've prayed for over the past years. And just seeing God provide vehicles or provide support or provide whatever, uh, college education or whatever. And we, we sit there and say, here are the things, salvation for some lost relatives. And we make a list and we can look back now every January 1st and see our history of answered prayer. And you can do the same thing. Number seven is a time of thanksgiving. Praise focuses on who God is, thanksgiving on what he has done. So on Thanksgiving, you're thanking God for the material possessions he's given you, for the people he's brought into your life, for spiritual blessings. Enter to his gates with thanksgiving, Psalm 100 says. And then this may be a reason you want to have a private place to do this. Number eight is singing. Steve, I thought this was prayer time. It's communication time. God loves to hear you sing. Oh, no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. Your wife may not like it. The neighbors may not like it, but God, if you can make a noise, a joyful noise, that's all God wants. And, and there's something about, it's great having times of worship as we've done in here. There's something different about you sitting alone, get a hymnal, don't steal it, but get, get a hymnal and, and just singing hymns or, or songs as you're just thinking about no, nothing else except what's on those, on those, in those words. And one of the most enjoyable things for me in the summer is just to go sit in the backyard, take my guitar, and just sing. Not, not, to, not that anybody's hearing it. And, and so if you, can't, if you can't do that, get a, um, you know, an eight-track or something that you can sing along with uh, and, and, uh, and sing with somebody. But three to five minutes just of singing. Then number, number nine um, is, is, is time of meditation and memorization. Now, I don't think memorization is in your book, but add that word there. Because when I, when I say meditation, I'm not, I'm not talking about transcendental meditation. I'm not talking about sitting in the yoga position, focusing on a lint in your belly button. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I, I'm talking about you meditating on the Word of God. And the best way to do that is, is to memorize. You, you don't have to memorize a verse every day, but just take a passage and let it run over the grooves of your heart. Like, like just the verse we mentioned a few moments ago, um, when Jesus is there in the garden, when he says, not my will, but thine be done. 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 All I'm doing is I'm taking that sentence, I'm thinking through word by word, what does that say? I'm letting it run over the grooves of my heart. And, and, and Psalms is, is, is very clear. David said, how can you cleanse your ways 
by heeding God's word, thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. And it, it needs to be a part, again, if you're like three or five minutes, and then at a time of just listening. I, I've never heard an audible voice from God. I've never seen notes in the clouds, or uh, I've, I've never had God reveal his will to me in a dream. I didn't eat too much pizza one time, had a kind of a strange dream. But uh, you know, we, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, and he prompts us. And so we just need to be quiet for a moment and, 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 and say, God, is there anything that I need to take care of? Listening. Be quiet for a minute. Again, getting your orders from God. Don't ask God to, to bless your agenda. Ask him to set your agenda. And then number 11 is the time in the Psalms. The Psalms, most of them are personal prayers, most of them written by David, but a lot of other authors. And, and just pray those back to God. Take, the, take a Psalm and in your own words, pray it back to him like Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. God, today, I, I don't want to be surrounded with ungodly counsel. I don't want to listen to that or sit in the sea of scorn, the scornful. God, I, I don't want to be saying things that people would interpret as, as inappropriate, scorning, but his delights in the law of the Lord. God, today, I want to delight in your law. And you're, you're, you're taking that passage and just in your own words, praying it back to God. And then end where you begin in a time of praise. Now, here's the deal. If you will take three to five minutes on each one of these 12, you'll be amazed at how quickly time will pass. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. To give God tomorrow morning the first hour of your day. Set your alarm clock an hour earlier, or you can cut out some of the things you've been doing. You know, um, you, can, you can eat quicker or don't take so long in the shower or whatever. You say, Steve, what if I get through with these 12 things in 20 minutes? Then go back to bed. Okay? There's nothing magical about 60 minutes. I don't know how long it'll take you. You may get through in 20 minutes. So the next day, just get up 20 minutes early. It's not the number of minutes. It's just you prioritizing your day and saying, God, I'm going to give you the first moments of my day. You might say, like me, you might say, I'm a night person. How many of you are night people? I'm a night person. Okay? That's me. I, I hate to go to bed, hate to get up, right? And, and uh, so I, I would say to Debbie years ago, I'd say, okay, I'm gonna have my devotions now. And she, she would say, shall I wake you up when you're done? You know, because it was like 1130 at night, right? And, and I realized, and this may not be true the rest of you as night people, about 35 years ago, God, God said to me, Steve, you're not a night person, you're a lazy person. Okay, it may not be you, okay, but that's me. I was born lazy, I've had several relapses since, right? And so um, I, I realized for me, giving God the first moments of my day is incredibly important. And I wanna challenge you to do that for five days. I'm not asking for a lifetime. For five days, you'll give God the first moments of your day. And if you're gonna do that, you have to do a couple of things. You have to go to bed, you have to get up, right? You have to go home and go to bed. Say, well, I gotta, I gotta go home and I gotta watch the news. I'll tell you what the news is going to be tonight. It's going to be bad. It's bad last night, it's bad tomorrow night, okay? So I, I got to watch the weather. I don't understand weathermen. I mean, here's, here's guys, they get, they get paid. They can be wrong half the time, and they still get paid, right? You want to know the weather tomorrow morning? Open the door, look out. The best way to know what's going to be. And, and, you know, there's not much on TV anyway, but especially after 10 o'clock at night. So, so, so go to bed so you can get rest, and then when you wake up, get up. Here's what I found. God will wake you up, but he won't get you up. The battle of the sheets is never won from the underneath side. They were sat there and said, I'll just pray in bed this morning. And it does not, does not work. Get up. God will wake you up. Get up. I, gotta get, I go out, get up on my knees. Debbie gets in the shower, whatever. Whatever you have to do to get awake. And give God the first moments of your day. 
You may be doing some other plan, whatever. Sometimes it's good to have just kind of a fresh infusion. If you will try this for five days, after five days, if you don't like it, then go back, do what you're doing before. But if you'll prioritize and give God the first moments of your day, try it for five days. I believe it could be life-changing for you.